Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. not stopped yelling at me about PJ Washington. We're done. No more PJ talk. Stop yelling at me with PJ. I want to move on. We can talk about, we can just talk about the great segment that was fire fizzle. We can get to the prospect duels. We can get to keep sounding in just a moment. I just don't want to talk PJ. 704-570-9610. That is the number that you can write into for the Garage Door Guru text line. Since 2001, their skills, hard work, and customer service have made the Garage Door Guru the number one garage door company to call in the Charlotte area. We always appreciate their support. All right. Let's go to the prospect duels where Wes has one. Now it's one and one, right? Well, here's yeah, the intro. Should be two on now. I challenge you to a duel. This town ain't big enough for two of it. Choose your fighter. You want me to go first or you this time? I can go first. Go you ahead. went first yesterday. I think that's right. So, so now I'll it's go your first turn. Today. All right, so the blind resume, for those that don't know, we each pick a prospect. I don't know who Wes picked. He doesn't know who I picked. So he is going to go with a blind resume. We'll allow the texters to try to guess and figure out who won. Fiddy will do the same. He's mad at me, so I'm sure he's going to go with Wes. But you guys can call it rigged for sure if that happens. Oh, there you go. Try to build it in, Fiddy. Building it in. We know how it is. We know what it is here. All right, go ahead, Wes. What's your first blind resume? Listen, nasty runs in my family. My brother was just a top five pick in the NFL draft just a couple of years ago. And if you go look at his tape, it was disgusting. And I'm much of the same. I go about 6'1 and a half, 246 pounds. I got good speed, 4'6", 4 and a 40-yard dash. And I'm a beast in the weight room. My 27 bench reps was second at the combine. I started for three years in college. I can play Mike Backer, but I can move all across the formation. I can go to the edge. I can get in the slot and cover. I can do a few things as a run defender. I'm a downhill player. I thrive in a box. I got pretty good play strength. I can defeat blocks because my hands are heavy and violent. I'm able to get rid of blockers, locate the ball, make the tackle. I'm always going to give you outstanding effort, and I'm going to always be by the ball carrier. And, oh, yeah, I'm a big hitter. When I get there, I cause fumbles, and I make people go backwards <laughs> when I put the wood on them, Okay. I know you guys love linebackers here. Thomas Davis, you're talking about. You had Luke Keekley here. You guys love Pac-12 players. You just had a pretty good one here in Shaq. Big Shaq Thompson. He's still here. I want to come here. I want to be the next guy out of that conference to come here and dominate. So go ahead and bring me in and get ready for the pain because I'm going to be knocking people into the Gatorade drink. <laughs> 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 it says tackle people on the football field, not on the sideline of the Gatorade drink, but that's fine. That's okay. Look, you ask them to bring you in. I'm going to tell you they already brought me in for a top 30 visit. Okay. So clearly the interest is there. 
I had 49 quarterback pressures last year, mm-hmm. nine sacks, got the 83 pass rush grade, and people don't even feel like I hit my highest potential. Coming in at 6'2", 250, with very good athleticism. Even if I didn't test in the elite category, it's very good. And what I lack in athleticism, I make up for with all the tricks in the bag. And I'm bendy. I like edge rushers bendy. That's why I myself can get around any tackle you throw at me. I had 14 QB hits last season. That led all conference defenders in quarterback hits. I was sixth in pass rush win rate. If you like the advanced stats, you college football nerds, I've got speed. I've got the athleticism. I got the production. I was an effective pass rusher for three straight years. And finally, I'll tell you, I'm going to get along great with your number one overall pick. Here's what I got to say about Bryce Young's size being a problem. It's BS. He's done it at the highest level. He's probably one of the hardest quarterbacks to sack, and he knows when to get down. So he's very smart, very elusive. He's he's really dangerous when he's at plays. Like you saw live, when he extends plays, it it always goes for 20-plus yards or a touchdown. You know, he's very aware in the pocket. He's going to make you miss. So I don't think his size is a factor at all. I'm already getting along with teammates. I'm not even teammates with those teammates yet. On top of everything else I just sold you, why wouldn't you choose me? I might not be there at 39. Wes was talking about trading up. You might have to do that to come get me. With that being said, the blind resumes are in your hands. Mr. Baby, Daddy, Fitty, whatever one you want to be, who are you choosing with those blind resumes? Baby Daddy Fitty, huh? One of those, yeah. I don't know which one. Baby Fitty or Daddy Fitty, the wording could have been a little bit different, but sure, go ahead. This uh, this might be the closest one I've ever had to decide since we started doing this all three days. <laughs> yeah, um, the closest one ever. Yeah, because y- y'all both made compelling arguments. Mm-hmm. And when when I when I decide the winner, it's gonna come back and bite me in the butt. Okay. You bringing in the soundbite tipped this thing in your favor. So tomorrow, Wes is gonna have like 13 highlights. You know, press conference takeaways. I mean, I don't know. What I didn't all... even know that was a lie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So the desperation is reeking over here that we're bringing in sound. Some bites. people play with inside the lines, and some people think out of the box. Right. It's fine. I got you, you. You said it yourself. You dominate inside the box. I think out of it, Wes. Right. That's fine. So I used yeah. it against you, two one. Yeah, there are. I mean, there is a seven zero four number that that is with Wes. They want Noah Sewell, but. I mean, well, we haven't released it yet. That's your guy, right? I feel like people with the Panay thing, that's what people are rolling with. Is Noah Sewell your guy? Yeah. Okay. I am Noah Sewell. Okay. I am. I'm Groot. I'm Noah Sewell. Yeah. I am BJ Ojolari. Probably not all that hard to think of. Talking about the conference, being in the SEC, knowing what it's like to play Bryce Young. Having said myself, or in Ojolari's case, what I did about Bryce Young being very hard to sack, it was probably pretty easy to guess that one compared to Jonathan Mingo, who I had yesterday. So, Fiddy, you had final comments on this. If you want me to be your baby daddy, mm-hmm. 704-570-9610. But Walker gets mm-hmm. the win today is now 2-1 advantage. Okay. Oh, that's cheap. I ain't accepting that. Well, I mean, you don't have to. <laughs> the scoreboard reflects 2-1 with you being in the losing column. That's right. totally fine. Now, if we did want to talk about these two prospects, Noah Sewell, also B.J. Ojolari, you can tell us exactly how you would feel about either one of those picks being there at 39, again, 704-570-9610. What do you like about Noah Sewell so much there, Wes, is his fit with Carolina? Uh, You know, 
you know, I like that pedigree. So coming out of high school, this was a five-star kid, number one, Mike back in the country. He's got great size, uh, you know, and he'll hit you. Like I said, he's got his flaws. That's why he's in the second round. But this is a guy got really good athleticism, 4'6". The strength is there. Like I said, bloodlines, all that. So, yeah, I think with Ojolari, I think he fits. And he's versatile. Sorry. No, you're good. I think with Ojolari, for me, Scott Fitterer talked about the importance of an edge rusher. And I, did he say that on Mac and Bone? I don't even think he addressed that as much in his press conference. I think he was talking about that earlier today on Mac and Bone, which you can go check out on WFNZ, uh, WFNZ.com, I should say. So, yeah, he was discussing how you have to have two. And so if, if that's the case, Ojolari falls, then there's a real shot. He's going to end up being a Carolina Panther. And he's a little small. If you're talking about 6'2", 250, you know, somewhat similar. Brian Burns taller, but 250. Um, I mean, that's what Brian Burns was, I believe, coming out of college as well. And people were discussing how he might not be great against the run. You have those same faults with him as far as any kind of prospect evaluation. But I do like the bend around the edge. And plus, people are really celebrating his moves at edge rusher. They think it's the deepest bag when it comes to any defensive end in the class. But he just doesn't have, I guess, the prototypical size. He does have good athleticism. He doesn't have Nolan Smith athleticism, though. So when you're talking about the Georgia edge rusher, very different. I expect him to go up. What would you think about Ojolari, even though you didn't pick him for a uh, blind resume? I'd have to check. When I watched this footage, I mean, I saw a lot of just bending the corn. I didn't see a lot of hands and stuff like that. So I might need to go back and recheck that. And like I said, a lot of the the LSU pass rushes, they bust. And I mean, I hate to put the school tag on somebody, man. But a lot of these LSU pass rushes out of that 3-4 defense that they run, they bust. So I I would probably stay away. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I never put the the pedigree stuff as far as the school goes. Because they're there. always undersized, and yeah, I mean, look, somebody. There's always outliers, right? Like Daniil Hunter is one coming out of LSU, who's an absolute beast. Now he's been hurt a little bit every once in a while, but but he's very good pass rusher. Ojolari could absolutely be that guy. It's the same conversation we've had with C.J. Stroud coming out of Ohio State. The Ohio State QBs they never really pan out. Justin Fields could, but still to be decided, even if he showed some nice signs last year, could C.J. Stroud be the Ohio State QB to really break out as a number one, two, three, four overall selection, whatever. So I, I like the family thing that you go with, pedigree, right, Noah Sewell. Mm-hmm. I, I think there actually is something to be gained from having a brother in the NFL because you get to know what that training is like. Not that none of these other prospects do. But perhaps you get better access. You get to know what it's like within the locker room with NFL coaches, even position coaches, right? You get to know a little bit more about that if you've got a family member in the game um, as closely related to the game as is Panay Sewell. And so that would make some sense for me. I get why that's an advantage. I- I'm just never going to hold the school against a particular athlete that might come out of it. Yeah, I was just thinking about, like I said, Mango, and it was one other kid. I feel like that was well. There's Chase on that, that fell. Yeah, that wasn't great. Exactly, that was the other one. So, I mean, I like I said, I normally don't like to do that, but in this case with the LSU guys, I'm like, well, here comes another LSU hmm. pass rusher that's supposed to be the biggest thing ever. And you know, I watch his footage and I just wonder if he's going to translate to the league. I know I shouldn't be that way, but just for whatever reason, <laughs> I am that way. Now. I do want to ask you because at first when you were talking, before I heard the family thing, Mm -hmm. I thought you might be going Drew Sanders, Mm -hmm. which you can. 
Maybe somebody uses him <laughs> later on. I'll cheat but, and go add stuff that we didn't establish at the beginning, and maybe that'll help me. Oh, no, that's fine. There wasn't anything in the rules that said you couldn't use a soundbite. You know, I didn't see it. You showed me where it said that in the fine print, then I will back down. But I was going to ask you, because I know you like Drew Sanders a lot. Yeah. Between these two guys, if they're both available, which linebacker, if you had to choose one, would you select? I'd go Sanders. You like Drew Sanders? Uh, he's yeah. more of an inside linebacker. I think the Panthers could use that a little bit more. The athleticism is there. A little bit more, so I like him. Even though, I mean, he's he was really productive though at LSU. So there's something to be said for that. He could come in and break the mold. You know, I'm I'm really starting to come around on edge rusher being right there with wide receiver. Not that I ever diminished the importance for this team, but I've just been so steadfast in draft the receiver at 39, draft the receiver at 39. I I mean, I'm probably closing that gap. I'd still rather go pass catcher for the long term future. But if you can get another edge rusher, you, you saw how much Hassan Reddick helped that defense two years ago. When he leaves, he's awesome for Philadelphia. You just don't have anything coming out of YGM right now. You know, Gross Matos is not helping on the other side. You have Marquise Haynes, who's been here for a while, a smaller defensive end, but he's a rotational guy. I, I'd like to try to shore that up as much as possible. Plus, you know, you could go with the Ernie Accorsi route, the GM for the Giants, when they were able to beat the Patriots a couple of times in the Super Bowl. That's what he subscribed to. You know, I don't know Jerry Reese took over. But when you're talking about just drafting Justin Tuck, OCU Manura, Matthias Kiwanuka, bang, 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 edge rusher, edge rusher, like that mattered for those defenses already having Strahan on the roster the first go around, right? Like, I kind of like that school of thought. And then we even saw it with Philadelphia. Philadelphia had pass rushers all over the board. Everybody had eight sacks. It was like Oprah was giving out eight sacks per player on that defense. And so I would like to address that quite a bit if I'm Carolina, especially if you only trust Brian Burns right now. Yeah. I mean, another pass rusher would be fantastic, and it would take your defense to a you know, a ridiculous level and help out those DBs all the more and just make you be able to be so much more versatile because if you have Chin coming in there playing down in the box and then that pass rush is hitting like that, they could really be disruptive. All right, let's go to Keep Sounding. Coming up next, we had Miles Sanders, Andy Dalton. They spoke to the media yesterday. Miles Sanders, he had some high praise for the offensive line, even compared them to Philly's offensive line, one of the best we've ever seen. We'll get to all of that coming up next. Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Walker on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC. I would help if I remember the station. You can text in 704-570-9610. We got a few texts to read. JP in Mooresville saying yes to Edge at 39. 
And then you can go wide receiver with the next pick. Casey Steve wrote in, Wes is the guy at the family game night side-eyeing all the others for cheating, LOL. Is that how you are? Is that an accurate depiction of you? Uh, side-eyeing everyone? Yeah, it would be. You want to hold everybody accountable. That's right. Uh, B Money wrote in, Giants fan here, if BJ is anything like his brother Aziz, he will be good. Aziz has made giant steps as a rusher for us, the New York Giants. So that's what I thought was happening, too, when you talked about a family member being a top pick. Yeah. I was like, wait, did he choose B.J. Ojolari? And <sighs> then Fitty did not tell either one of us that we picked the same guy. Nope. But we didn't. And so that's a point I could have made as well. I completely it just slipped my mind. But yes, Aziz Ojolari is also in the NFL, so he gets some of that access as well. Other guys in the NFL that the Carolina Panthers signed this offseason, what includes a running back that is Miles Sanders. So we're going to get to a couple of his sound bites. One thing he did say yesterday, though, that you talked a little bit about here, Wes, you're kind of wondering how much of an impact it could have with Carolina. He said that it's addicting getting to the Super Bowl. He wants to do it again and again and again. I imagine most players feel that way. How much will his Super Bowl appearance affect the Carolina Panthers? Is this a big thing for them when you're talking about what kind of impact he could have? Uh, not really. I mean, I think sometimes experience can be a little bit overrated, but, I mean, that Philadelphia team was so dramatically different than what he's walking into at Carolina. I mean, sure, you can know what it takes, but it's also going to take for you to put together a uh, roster that is just loaded with talent like that that can compete with the – you know, the Patrick Mahomes is some of the upper echelon teams in the NFL. And so, you know, you can tell a guy what it's like to be in a Super Bowl all day and tell him what you think works. I mean, all these guys work hard. But as far as just it really coming in and rubbing off, I think not really. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, but I think you're right. I mean, what what else can you do? He's a running back on a Super Bowl team. That's great. I, I'm not. It's not going to hurt that you went that far. It's not going to hurt that you were a key part of that offense that was able to go to the Super Bowl. That's fantastic. But yeah, I don't know how much anybody else is going to be able to grasp from that and then apply it in order to get to the Super Bowl themselves. Let's go ahead with some of that Miles Sanders sound instead of Andy Dalton real quickly, Fitty. And let's go to the offensive line soundbite. Here he is talking about how the Panthers offensive line is just as good as Philadelphia. I left a O-line where to probably top-notch, you know, um, best in the game in my opinion. But uh, this group is either just as good or better Come on, just man. by watching them film and watching how they work and how they move. I'm constantly complimenting them just how they move on these workouts. These guys are moving really good. Oh, yeah. Yes, sir. Come on, man. Stop it, Miles. Yes, sir. Welcome aboard, Miles. I love it. That offensive line is as good as Philadelphia's. I heard that, Kyle. <laughs> yeah, let's. I heard Kyle play that soundbite yesterday, and I was like, wait, hold on. Miles said, I mean, this is this falls into the what do you expect him to say, and would it have been better to just not go that far? I'm cool with him going that far because it's not bad, right? Like when we talked about this with Adam Thielen that one time when he said the Panthers, he expects him to win a Super Bowl. Okay. You don't have to say anything that might put some kind of goal this on the team. This was just as bad. So, yeah, like this one, this one is, <laughs> no, it's not as bad. This like, is just as bad. He can be wrong, and it can be okay. I, I'm cool with it. Plus, if you're a running back, see, I actually think he's thinking of levels beyond this. If you're a running back and you want lanes to open up, don't you want the offensive line? Don't you want to gas them up? 
I think this is actually, of course. A, you know what? I've changed my mind, Wes. Not only do I think that this was okay to say, I think it was smart of him to say. I think you should be gassing up the offensive line. You could put as much gas in the tank, unlimited, premium, whatever you want. We know gas prices are going up, but it's still not going to make you the Philadelphia Eagles' offensive line. We're talking about a historically <laughs> good unit, multiple pro bowlers. These guys shut people down left and right. Okay, what he should have said was, this is a good young offensive line on the come up. I feel like we'll be able to compete with anybody next season. You see the polish there? I'm still bringing my guys up. I'm still bigging them up, but I'm still not uh, hyperbolic in my praise of my squad, all right? This team in the final PFF offensive line rankings, the Panthers were 15th. The Philadelphia Eagles were number one. So that's 14 spots if you're doing the math in your car while you're eating I, your uh Hey, I'm sorry. I thought that's last bag year. Bag of Cheetos. This is this is a new year. Yeah. Well, yeah. did they pick up anybody that would make you think that uh this could happen this season? I don't see it. As a matter of fact, last time I checked, they have two guys that are injured that's gonna be over there with the uh colored jersey on. You know what they picked up, Wes? What they pick up? Hope. Yeah. And that's all you, you need better hope. for an offensive line to make that jump to number one, just like Miles Sanders said yeah, they would. that was a bit much. All right, so if you can't agree with that, maybe you can agree and find some truth into what Miles Sanders said next about the offensive scheme being very similar was to Philadelphia. Was this the greatest since the 49ers of the 80s? This offense is more similar to Knicks. That's the offense I just left. Uh, it's a lot of RPO and quick decision-making, you know. Might establish the line of scrimmage a little a little more over here than they like to do in Philly. Uh, might like to run the ball a little bit more. But, um, yeah, it's a very similar offense, really. It's nothing, nothing much too different, really. What do you have to say about that? Well, we know that. I mean, he comes from uh, – that's Frank Reich's boy was his coach, Sirianni. So, mm-hmm. They run similar stuff, so I would expect this offense to be much the same in theory, yes. Yeah, I, but I, I do think that's good for him to at least understand the offense coming over. I think that does spell well for Miles Sanders. Plus, you have worked with Deuce Staley, the running back coach here. Yep. They worked together when they were in Philadelphia. So if you're going to pay this kind of money, which is not, it's not a lot. It's not going to break the payroll or anything like that. It's still a pretty decent size running back contract, especially when you look at how the other running backs got paid this offseason or even lack thereof. This is the kind of guy that you might go for who had a 1,200 yard rushing season last year who also knows some of the coaches, who also is going to be utilized in the same way because this offense is very similar. The only thing I hope changes is his pass-catching productivity. And we have seen him have that skill set before his rookie season. So I do hope that's going to happen this year in this Panther system. Let's go to Andy Dalton, the veteran QB on this roster. Andy Dalton talked about how he's really excited about the players um, here already and the ones that they could add in the draft. What we're building, and not only from a coaching staff standpoint, but also the players that we brought in to add to the group that was already here, I feel like we've done some really good things and uh, you know have built a roster that, that is ready to go. And I mean, we haven't even hit the draft yet, too. So we're going to add a couple more pieces, which will which will fit in great for the environment that uh, and, and culture that we're creating here. 704-980. Let's go. So, Wes, you brought something up. That was not Andy Dalton, in case you were confused, by the way. That's (laughs) Matt Rule, the ghost of Matt Rule, haunting us. You brought something up in the fishbowl, talking about the Panthers' draft history, which is kind of interesting. Mm -hmm. So, you said the Panthers, they've drafted the most players from the SEC. We've seen a lot of that. But also the Pac-12, too. Mm-hmm. Do you think that could continue on as you're talking about Alabama QB, number one overall, 
39, you could be looking at Ojolari out of the SEC. Or if they go with your boy, Noah Sewell, they'd add another Pac-12 member to that list. Yeah, I thought that was pretty interesting because we know the Pac-12 gets a bad rep with fans. And, you know, when people talk about NFL talent alike. So when you look at it, the Panthers have had six players drafted from the following schools. Auburn, Georgia, LSU, South Carolina, Stanford, and Washington. And among the standouts, we know the Christian McCaffrey's of the world, Thomas Davis, Will Witherspoon from Georgia, Trey Turner, Dante Jackson from LSU, guys like that, Shaq Thompson, Keith Taylor. They had Lester Towns back in the day, all from Washington. So it was just surprising to me uh, to say that. And then second place, so all those schools tied for six. And then the schools that were drafted where they had five players or more, well, five players drafted was Alabama, Baylor, Colorado, Miami, Mississippi, Ohio State, Oregon, Penn State, Virginia Tech. So, But I just thought that that was just an interesting point to bring up because when people think about football, especially around these parts, and who you know has the most NFL talent, you think SEC and ACC, because in most years the ACC is the second most drafted league uh, out of all of the conferences. So thought that was surprising and as you said there are a lot of prospects highly touted because the first couple of rounds when you look at mock drafts is littered with Pac-12 players Mm -hmm. so just found that to be pretty interesting well and the other thing too a lot of people have talked about is the fact that Carolina has never picked a Clemson player in the NFL draft not one single Clemson player and that was true I was trying to think if there was anybody and I know that was the case for a long time but I remember Kevin Dodd would be mentioned in mock drafts this year I know that's a random name to bring up but we also had a couple of guys this past um in this selection process Trenton Simpson is one Miles Murphy was another guy early on when the Panthers were at nine that was linked to them yeah so so those were a couple names Trenton Simpson still a possibility that he could be there but yeah no Clemson members the best team in the ACC for quite some time and the Panthers haven't drafted I remember Mackenzie Alexander too was linked to them for a little while so that's odd as well in South Carolina, by the way, you just mentioned them as being one of the most drafted out of schools for the Carolina Panthers. You just had Shy Smith last year. You had J.C. Horn as the eighth overall selection. So they've been going to Columbia rather than Clemson. Travell Warden and Captain Munderland. Yeah. Oh, well. yeah. Travell Warden, one of the more underrated Panthers. And it's going to be hard for offensive linemen to get love. But that guy, that guy was here for a while and was awesome. Yeah. Big shout to Travell Warden. I didn't expect that to happen today. But I, is he awesome, <laughs> Fitty? You tell me if he's awesome or not. I, I don't know. I, I just was asking. It just triggers me. I thought you were getting excited about Captain Munderland. I loved no. Munderland growing up. No. And he was a beast on the video game. I one time like led the NFL in interceptions with him. I just wanted to throw that in there. Okay. And speaking of land of the tiny athlete, by the way, Captain Munderland, small cornerback. He was. So, Captain Munderland. Yeah, I, w- I wouldn't... I think that's fair. I don't know if Captain was awesome. He was an awesome interview. He had no problem sharing what he thought, and that was pretty fun. But on the field, solid. Seventh-round pick to be that that good, uh, that's that's an awesome story, yeah. maybe. Yeah. But I don't know about player. That's fair. 704-570-9610. Moose wrote in. Simmons could be beastly in this defense. And Panther Cliff said, I like how that Matt Rule cut has what sounds like someone bowling a strike in the background. Can you play that again? Is that accurate? 704-980. Let's go. What, what does it sound more like? Somebody bowling a strike or does it sound like a submarine That's signal? That's exactly what I was thinking uh, about. All right, let's hear it one more time. You read my mind. 
704-980. Let's go. All right, you're you on the hunt for Red October. I, I, I think, Terrible movie. I, th- I think, what is it? U5712, whatever the Matthew McConaughey movie is. It sounds like he's in that submarine. I was just going to go with a submarine Connors. because he sunk this franchise to, to deeper levels than we've ever seen before. That's so. good. Uh, uh, deeper? I remember 2 and 14. Yeah, but we got we got Cam out of out of that. Yeah, that helped. Yeah, yeah. And there was a one in fifteen for Pep, right? You know, John Fox wasn't up there talking so. about a seven year plan like Jay Z. Yeah, hundred percent. Cacklack wrote in. Captain Munnellin is Pat Bev. Pat Bev. That's a reach, man. In what way? I have no clue. What, I mean, I'm just asking you. I mean. Did Captain Munnerlyn talk the talk the way Pat Bev talks the talk? No, I didn't think so. Not not like that, but he would talk for sure. We all right. We're gonna look up. We're gonna look up Captain Munnerlyn quotes now. Uh, people asking about Ben Bulware, by the way, unsigned free agent. He was not drafted because that's the one I thought of too. But no, he was an unsigned free agent instead of being a draft pick. Let's go back to some more audio with Andy Dalton while people write in what they think that Matt Rule soundbite sounds like. Andy Dalton also talked about the offense so far and how you're actually getting a nice mix of Thomas Brown's ideology as well as Frank Wright. Yeah, I think it's a, a good mixture of what Thomas is able to bring from the Rams and then what Frank has done throughout his career, you know, especially the last several years in Indy and you know, all that kind of stuff. So it's a good, you know, marriage of both offenses. And so, you know, we're kind of pulling from from both and as anybody would do, you try to take the things that that worked really well for you in, in both places and kind of blend them and, and present to the team. So I, we're at the very beginning stages of what we're going to be doing. And so it's, you can't just say exactly, you know, what this thing is going to look like, but you know, it, it's been a good start for us. Thinking about different guys, all in different roles, right? Frank Reich, while he's been a head coach before, not here in Carolina, Thomas Brown becoming the offensive coordinator. So something new for him and whoever this number one pick is going to be. It's all very new for all of these guys, right? I know we talked a little bit about it when they hired Thomas Brown to be OC, whether you wanted him to be the play caller. It's going to be Frank Reich this season. Is there any problem that that might change with a young Bryce Young? Or do you think because they're going to be working with each other for, you know, hopefully years to come for everybody's sake involved, do you think that that transition from one play caller to another would be handled pretty smoothly? Yeah, I think it'll be handled smoothly. As you already hear, it's a mixture of both guys. So they're already already working together, already have a good working knowledge of how the other thinks. So I don't think there will be uh, any problems at all when they decide to hand the calling, the play calling duties over to Thomas Brown. All right, last soundbite before we move on. Bryce Young, as people have pointed out, he was on the Pivot podcast. This was on Tuesday. Have you watched this yet? Because I know that's one of your favorites. I am going to watch it. You haven't seen it. Well, I've not seen it yet. Allow me to tease you just a little bit with this soundbite. Bryce Young talked about whether dealing with questions about his size matters to him. And you brought up a couple times, and it's it's sadly become the narrative. You got to be getting tired of that small shit. <laughs> have you always? They act like you are a damn Lord of the Rings Hobbit or something. <laughs> like, has, is it is it that because? Great in high school, Heisman Trophy winner. Has that always been there? Because the league will go find some shit to <laughs> knock you and take some money from you now. Has it always been there? Have you always been? Have you always been questioned about your size? For sure, for sure. I I, I couldn't remember a time I wasn't. Um, <laughs> I've I've always been, you know, respected to the people around me. I've always been this height. I've always been been shorter. I've always been smaller. And I I couldn't. And I think a lot of people always say like, man, you must be sick of this this draft process. People talking about your size, like. 
uh, like I'm, I'm 21. I've been dealing with this my whole <laughs> life. Like this is not new at all. Right. Um, and it's okay. Like, you know, for me, I'm not someone who really wants to go out and combat everything people say about me or refute or, you know, honestly, I don't even think, you know, I don't, I don't look at people as man there. They got it wrong. That's messed up, man. They're doubting. I feel like that's a beauty in sports. Like we all believe in, you know, we all root, have our favorites and root for certain people. And we all, you know, we have all have opinions on every individual athlete and that's cool. Like I'm good with that for the people that support me is like, and, and believe in me and all that. I'm super grateful. But, you know, for everyone who, who doesn't think it, it, you know, thinks I'm too short or whatever it may be, like, I never take that stuff personally. Some people surprised at how Bryce Young sounds like, by the way. He sounds young, man. <laughs> I mean, he is 21 years old, but it sounds a little younger than that. People are comparing the voice to Michael Jackson. Many people <laughs> are doing that. I heard that also yesterday on, on the Kyle Bailey show. What say you, though, about the comment? I, I, I do think... It is a different comment. You would expect one of these guys, I don't care, I know who I, ha- I am, I know I can play, you know, I can't wait to prove the doubters wrong, yada, yada, we've heard that a million times. I feel like Bryce Young is saying, hey, I'm just happy to be a part of the conversation, and I appreciate everybody that believes in me. What did you make about that comment? Yeah, I mean, I think this just is a young man that has had to deal with it his entire life. He's used to it by now. He knows that pretty much anywhere he goes, anywhere he plays, that's going to be the first comment that is made. You should go back and look at some of the footage of him when he was young and just how small he actually was. And so this is a man that has built up a callus about that situation. It's not going to bother him. He's just going to say, wait and see. You'll see on Sunday when I'm out there balling. Um, By the way, everybody on Twitter is talking about how the blue check mark is officially gone. Oh, you had one, right? No. I thought you might have. No, I did not. So we had one because Locked On acquired all those like a year and a half or two years ago. And indeed, the blue check mark, it is now officially gone. Everybody is reminiscing on the time of the blue check mark. And so it's not anything that I'm going to miss. People are saying, hey, you know, see ya. Oh, well. And yeah, so now it's not as official. I promise it's still at Walker Mail, but the blue check mark, it is indeed gone. Do you have one, Fitty? Do you have a blue check mark over there? I do not, I, but I was going to see if you lost it. So you've lost yours. I did. Mac has lost his. Yeah, everybody, it's all gone. Um, no more. The <laughs> station, our Twitter account, we're no longer verified. Yeah. Are we real? What is real? That's the question that I have for you. I don't know. I know this last fitty flash hopefully is real. Assuming maybe incorrectly that we have one. Do we have a fitty flash for this go around? Yeah, no. I, I didn't have to listen to PJ Washington uh, <laughs> defense attorney talk for 12 minutes. Uh, we've been talking about the Wells Fargo Championship. It's coming to Charlotte May 1st through the 7th. Two more players in the top 15. They will be in action. The world number 8, Matt's, uh, Matt Fitzpatrick. And then world number 11, Victor Oblin will also be in action. Let me read you the top 15 players in the world that will be in Charlotte. Roy McElroy, Patrick Cantley, Xander Shoffley, Max Homa, Fitzpatrick Hovland, Sam Burns, Justin Thomas, Cam Young. Yeah, it's an awesome list. There, and there's always usually a pretty good list that goes out there to Quail Hollow. But this one, no different. We're going to be out there. That is confirmed, correct? We're going to be I, out there for three days. Oh, Wednesday, oh. Thursday, and All right. Friday. All right. So we're just going to be setting up camp over there at the Wells Fargo Championship. We'll be broadcasting. It should be a fun time. Also, I did want to remind you guys, tonight's back in action tonight, 635, MILBTV.com. All right. One more segment to go. Fiddy has been wanting to play something for a while. He hasn't gone to it yet. I hope he goes to it at the beginning of next segment. 
That is the tease I give you. Stay tuned. Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Wanted to let that marinate for a little bit. End of 420. We had a lot of Snoop Dogg play today. Fiddy took the assignment, understood it. Mm. Understood the assignment. Well, that's a song. Understand or understood the assignment. Yeah. What are you talking about? I hear it on TikTok. Is it a song? Understand yeah, the assignment? The, the boss man's in here. He's nodding his head, yeah. Is it a jingle or is it an actual song that I don't know of? I think it's more of a meme. That they've attached to some. To some yeah, music. I know that's a it's phrase like, people right. use a lot. You understood the assignment. <laughs> <Freaky>. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I want to save that, by the way. If you understand the assignment, I want Jeff telling that person with that soundbite. That would be fantastic. Let's go to the text line. Last photo. Uh, I always do this. Why I do that? Photo finished text on the garage door <laughs> through a text line. 704-570-9610. People are still having fun with Bryce Young's voice. He does sound young, man. Still very young compared to some of the other QBs that you hear talk. He does. I don't mind it, though. Oh, I mean, as long as you can ball, baby. Oh, yeah, 100%. I don't care if you, you ever like, change. Did you like that touchdown that I just threw? <laughs> <laughs> I'm balling. Mother. <laughs> yeah, dumb button. Even if even if you change the sound, <laughs> you still got to press the dumb button for that. All right, Fiddy, I know you've been waiting for a while. I didn't yeah. know when you were going to drop it. Maybe you could have dropped it in the second Fiddy Flash when you didn't have anything, but <laughs> you didn't. So the processing, the S2 score, that was not very high on your part, to be honest with you. But we have the last segment of the day for you to showcase what you were building in honor of the Carolina Hurricanes win last night. Yeah, no, last night, game two between the Canes and the Islanders. They The Hurricanes went in overtime 4-3. to three. And our very own uh, Willie P was on hand, and I put together a little montage of, of last night's highlights with some Willie P mixed in there. Taking the wind out of the sails for the Islanders. They gotta find a way to establish 
Palmieri with a backhand bid, and they score. With traffic in front, Kyle Palmieri puts it on net, and the Islanders are on the board in game two. Hey! Seconds to go. <laughs> what is that? Up <laughs> down at center, picked off by Pellick. Up ahead on the rush, here's Barzell shooting. He scores! We are tied at two. Palmieri. Through center, trying to connect with Brock Nelson, and Nelson scores! The Islanders lead on the road in the third. I soiled my undergarments. Jarvis comes back across for Burns. A shot deflected. Ajo to Slavin at the goal line. He scores! What a shot! Almighty! Jordan Stahl with a beautiful pass to Jesper Foss. Foss scores! The overtime winner! Willie P, you got a tissue? Hmm. Okay. <laughs> that was the sound mixed in from the Carolina Hurricanes win last night. Wes, you ask about it at the end of some segments. You got it there. What did you think about the uh, montage from Fitter? I think it was fire. Anytime I can hear that theme song, it's dope. I think that's one of the best out there, and I think it's really underrated. All right. Last question for you. Well, maybe one, but at least one right now. Better better theme song, NBA on NBC or the theme song that you just heard for the Ooh, NHL? Nah, I got to go with NBA for the nostalgia. I, I figured. Fitty, do you want to weigh in on this? I think I'm going to go, and not because I'm just this lifelong hockey nut. Right. I think I'm going to go with the NHL, though, because now Fox uses it for their college basketball, and it doesn't hit the same when I'm watching, you know, a DuPaul Xavier game on a Tuesday night. <laughs> but you are staying indoors for that DePaul Xavier game. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. Um, we were talking about being out at Quail Hollow for the Wells Fargo Championship. That's actually after the draft party. Just wanted to remind everyone the WFNZ draft party is back and the time and this time, excuse me, it's in the home of Panther great Thomas Davis. Join the entire WFNZ crew next Thursday, April 27th at 10.58 sports bar and lounge from 5 to 9 p.m. to watch as the Panthers select the new face of their franchise. Hear the guys react to everything on draft night and check the great prizes, food and drink specials, and watch the entire draft on multiple big screen TVs. It's the 2023 WFNZ Draft Party from 1058 Sports Bar and Lounge at 430 West 4th Street, just across from Truist Field. The Panthers are on the clock, and we have you covered on the official home of the Charlotte Sports Fan Sports Radio, 92 Seven WFNZ. Let's bring it on back home. Talked about some of the bigger questions that you'll have for the NFL draft. We did have a few questions about if Shroppy was going to be paying for drinks for everyone once there once we're there. So we're going to have to run that by the boss man. We were also asked if we we're going to wear WFNZ paraphernalia and i think we are i think we're gonna wear the polos or the t-shirt yep which one are you? <laughs> uh, i like the wfnz logo one you're gonna go this is what you go with the top button all the I way i like up. it yeah i, like I used that. to not wear my polos like that but i do now so i've always wanted to yeah anytime i go with the top button button mm -hmm. people will make fun of me <laughs> and then so this has happened. They I, might make fun of me, too. They just might not say it. I always thought it looked better, but everybody made fun of me. And so then I would have to go and then I have to show off a little chest hair, which didn't look great. I was going sure. David Tepper style. And so now I just don't love wearing polos. Mm. But maybe we should both. Maybe I'll have the confidence to do so because you're going top button. Okay. 
Do you go that fitty? You usually brothers. You yeah. don't do top button. Yeah, my Adam's apple gets in the way. It's a low set Adam's apple, to be honest with you. Good for you. You do not sound like Bryce Young. Puberty hits you very well if the Adam's apple is hanging that low. Don't forget to download the podcast. <laughs> There's Bryce Young telling you what to do with social media. I'm telling you to stay tuned for the Kyle Bailey show that is coming up next. Don't forget about Smoke Ludwig as well. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Joe Person joins us, Joe.